We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. And minicamp started. We have minicamp notes, takeaways, overreactions. Um, no, Debo Samuel's there. We'll talk about it. And we've got our first, I don't want to say real football stuff, but the most notable football stuff of the offseason. Let's dive in. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Kittle in Denver territory. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Bosa's got him, and a sack him back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. Chris, the 49ers started minicamp today. It's Tuesday. We're recording this Tuesday evening. Not only were you in attendance, but so was Debo Samuel. Who were the 49ers more excited to see? Clearly me. That's what I thought. I mean, no, they just rolled out the red carpet. Yeah, it was really nice. Free lunch. No, I'm just kidding. There was no free lunch. Did anyone um, ask where I was? Yeah, everybody. Um, totally. So... Yeah, so Debo Samuel was there, and it's mandatory minicamp, and because of the new collective bargaining agreement that was enacted, what, two years ago, there are new penalties for missing mandatory off-season things. So it's a $95,000 fine players are subject to. Jimmy Garoppolo was not there, but he was an excused absence technically, so he's not subject to said fine. Um Debo Samuel, like, so I, I know a lot of people are so oh, Debo's back every, you know, the relationship must be good, everything like that. Ultimately, I'll believe that a relationship is good when a contract is signed. And I do expect a contract to get signed at some point. I just don't know that now it's particularly close. And I don't know that him coming to minicamp is some grand gesture, right? Like he didn't participate in anything. He ran sprints. Um, he was in the weight room and he de- he definitely seemed like engaged um and like an active you know t- a teammate like he was out there during 11 on 11s he had a play sheet um and he was hanging out with the wide receivers and all of that stuff and everyone was talking about how good it was that he's there and yeah wearing 49ers gear wearing 49ers gear right it wasn't like he was off just wearing some 
random Nike stuff on the sideline and not participating at all. Like he did seem like he was a part of the team, right? Which is, Mm -hmm. I guess, different in messaging and uh, however you want to say it relative to him making a trade request in April, right? But I don't know that it's necessarily this this thing that like, oh, Debo changes mind. Everything's fine. Like, I still think there there are significant hurdles for both sides to get through um, before they come to a contract agreement. And ultimately, I think they will. But we're two months out from that. And I what I would love to know, which we which is an impossible question to answer. But like if today were the start of training camp, would Debo be here? Mm, right. right. Because that's that's the next real check mark. Yeah, because that's when you need him to practice. That's when, you know, like if I'm Debo Samuel, clearly I'm not practicing until I have a new contract. Mm -hmm. But, you know, those are the deadlines that spur actions. And I would say it's probably the same with Nick Bosa, who we can talk about later, too, um, because Kyle Shanahan said said something interesting about Nick Bosa today and his contract status. But ultimately, like, yeah, it's good that Debo's there. And it's certainly better than what Seattle's going through with DK Metcalf and Metcalf not showing up to minicamp today. Um, but I, I just still believe there's a lot of work to be done to just assume that like, okay, everything's better now. Debo's fine. So I was thinking about this today because the news broke really early this morning. I think it was Ian Rappaport that had it first that, that said Debo Samuel would attend and attending is a lot different than participating, but while it doesn't necessarily mean, and this is the point you're getting out there at the end. Well, it doesn't necessarily mean everything is fixed. It's better than the alternative. Right. If he had said, take the $95,000, I'm not showing up. That's where it's like, oh, this, this might be a rift that doesn't get resolved anytime soon. Right. Whereas now it kind of seemed like the, the ice was starting to thaw a little bit. And this is just kind of further evidence of that, how close they are to negotiating or signing a contract or getting a deal done. Like, who knows? But the fact he was there bodes a lot better than if he wasn't. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's worth pointing out, too, that the context of Debo Samuel just doing sprints on the sideline and not really doing anything like Trent Williams was there. He's under contract. There's no drama with him, right? He missed the entire uh, voluntary session, and but he was there today participating in individual drills, didn't participate in team drills. Same with Nick Bosa, um, who's actually sort of in the same spot con- contract-wise as Debo Samuel, but did participate in individual drills. They both Trent Williams and Nick Bosa both had helmets on, and we're running around like doing things, stretching with their teammates at the start of practice, like at the start of practice, when the Niners were stretching Debo's in the locker room. And then he ended up mm-hmm. walking out 20 minutes later after individual drills had been going. Um, he did some sprints and then he watched team drills with the team. So look, it's OTAs or sorry, it's not even, it's mini camp. It's beyond mm-hmm. OTAs. Um, it sounds like Kyle Shanahan's going to cancel next Basically, what happened is he flip-flopped the third round of OTAs with mandatory minicamp, leaving open the possibility that he just cancels next week's OTAs because he says he thinks, you know, spring practices 12 is too many. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's done it in the past. He's canceled. Geez, last year there were injuries. I think he canceled the last two or three practices of the offseason program. So um, 
it's uh it seems like you know it's hard for me to really read too much into anything changing it was significant that he was here for sure Mm -hmm. but I, i don't view this as like a sea change in the dynamic i think it's Debo being a good teammate, being a good pro, and also avoiding a $95,000 fine for just showing up to the facility and just being a guy, being a teammate. Well, but but it's a pretty far cry from don't offer me a contract. That's true. Which was the yeah. last which was the last kind of real update we got. And then, you know, he's at Warriors games and he's sitting with Jason Verrett at the Warriors game and um I I like I said, I don't want to overreact and be like, oh, a deal's coming, but it's it certainly feels closer than you know than it would have if he hadn't shown up or if he had been in the facility but not out at practice or um whatever whatever other alternative. Even if there's there's hmm. I do think it represents there's ice thawing, even if there's still you know a long road to a a deal, but they, I mean, it's June 7th. They have until the end of July before training camp starts. They ostensibly have two months to work with here. Yeah, I agree. And um, so Kyle Shanahan obviously didn't reveal anything about specifics regarding these negotiations. He never really has. He doesn't like to even mention that he has conversations with Debo Samuel. Um, it doesn't sound like Debo is going to participate. Like it sounds like his participation participation level is going to be the same on Wednesday and Thursday. Um, I mean, typically minicamp, there isn't like, it wouldn't surprise me if Thursday's minicamp practice got canceled. Um, Mm -hmm. There's just not a whole lot to glean from, from these practice sessions at this point, and there's no pads or anything. Um, But we should talk about Trey Lance because I did think he looked sharp today, sharper than, than he did Mm. the last two practices I've watched. Um, Do we want to talk about Trey or do we want to talk about Nick Bosa first? Let's do Nick Bosa first because okay. he's in a similar boat to Debo Samuel, but I'm fascinated to hear about Trey Lance. Yeah. So Kyle Shanahan was asked today about just Nick Bosa's status. Nick Bosa showed up. He looked like he was in good shape um, as a Bosa would. <laughs> um, Kyle Shanahan said he has a Florida tan and his quads are still huge, um, which, is, which is just a funny <laughs> quote. Um, but uh, he said that, uh, we have so he was asked uh, about Nick Bosa's situation contractually. He said we haven't been doing that with Nick yet, meaning um, talking about a contract. That's just how both sides are going at it now. I'm not too concerned with it. I fully expect Nick Bosa being here for a very long time, but seeing him for the first time in a while, Nick always takes care of himself as good as any athlete I've been around. Uh, he had a good four to tan. His quads are still huge, and he's ready to play football whenever it's time to go. So, um. It's interesting that Kyle that like there's all this drama around Debo Samuel because obviously there's been some level of discussion between Debo Samuel and the 49ers about his contract. While it sounds like there's been exactly zero discussion with Nick Bosa, who is of course eligible for a new contract extension for the first time um, th- now that he's had three years in the NFL. But the difference between Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel is Nick Bosa has a first round pick, has a fifth year option. So he's not a year away from free agency. He's technically two years. But on the other hand, if you look at the big contracts the 49ers have done for their draftees, like George Kittle and Fred Warner in particular, those deals happened after their third seasons. Uh, So if you're Nick Bosa and you have the 
opportunity to make 25 to 30 million a year, I guess, as opposed to, let's see, his 2022 cap number is 10.8. So it's not nothing. And then in 2023, he's at 17.9, basically. So he's making a good, he's making $27 million over the next two years. Mm -hmm. But if Nick Bosa gets a new deal, you know, we're looking at like a fully guaranteed number, just getting direct deposited into his bank account of like 60, 80, hundred million, however much those bonuses end up being. So I do wonder if, if, you know, it's interesting because there's been no news about Nick Bosa's deal. Um, for them not to be talking at all, I find a little bit interesting. I don't, I I just can't imagine a Bosa knowing like how it went with Joey when he was drafted by the Chargers and just how the Bosa's operate in general as a family from like a business perspective that they're going to let Nick practice without a new deal, given that he could command something in the 25 to $30 million a year range. Mm-hmm. Do, he, do, he won't go, they, <laughs> they will go north of Aaron Donald, right? Three and ninety-five. I mean, I don't. I haven't know. seen, for what it's worth, that not doing a bit. I haven't seen the structure of Donald's deal. <laughs> like, I, that's I, I am both doing the bit and not doing the bit by saying I haven't seen the structure of Donald's deal either. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but I, I mean, the the thing is, I mean, for right now, the cap numbers aren't necessarily going to reflect, you know, this year, next year in the contract. It's presumably. You know, those cap numbers are going to be big in 2023, 2024, 2025, whatever. So maybe then he's making 30 or 35 million dollars when it's not so weird, you know, Mm. like 30 million dollars for a pass rusher might seem like a lot now. But in four years, there could be 10 pass rushers making that much money. Right. Um, So, I mean, look, if you're looking at, you know, the top defensive players under the age of what 25 26 wherever nick ends up like he's a guy in the league like he's probably he be one the of the guy yeah i mean i would say nick bosa you know even though he missed one of his three seasons i would say he's a top five defensive player in the nfl full stop like at okay. the peak of his powers the way he impacts football games sure. i would say it's among the five most disruptive defenders in the league okay do you think, do you think, I, I, like, I'll, I'll, I'll buy that. I don't really have a rebuttal. Um, we can get into specifics, but I mean, the, there, there isn't much difference between being a top 10 defensive player and top five, you know, like, so right. whatever. He's very, he's elite. Put it that way. <laughs> I was going to make a joke about, well, you need to throw on tape of Vita Vea because <laughs> no. You look at um, PFF grades. I, I, I just, I wonder if maybe part of the reason that, that the two sides haven't started talking yet is a, they know that nothing's going to get done until closer to camp. So just no need to even, you know, start throwing out offers, but B I'm, I'm guessing if it wasn't like well-known knowledge in NFL circles, I'm guessing Bose's agent was well aware that a new contract could be coming down for Donald. And they wanted to see what those numbers were before coming to the table with the 49ers. Because if they came to the table with the 49ers and said, yeah, we'll do five and I can't do math. 125 and 25 a year. Right. Yes. Um, if they said that, and then Donald gets 31 and a quarter a year or whatever the insane number is, 
they feel like they left money on the table. Yeah. I, I mean, the thing is, you're not buying I, it. No. Well, so are you saying that you think the for like Nick Bosa's camp might try to beat Aaron Donald's money because they don't have any case to try to beat Aaron Donald's money? No, not not necessarily beat it, but just but see what just see what, see what, what the ballpark the, is. OK, see what the bar is. I got right, you. So like I said, he got three and ninety five. I know Bosa is not signing a three year deal, but maybe they say three and ninety or the equip, you know, 30 a year. So five and one fifty. Yeah. If you're Nick Bosa, you're probably thinking about getting. I mean, the the Niners typically in these big deals, the guaranteed numbers are usually around the first two years. Like if you factored in two years of the contract, right? right? right. So if it's a four year hundred hundred million dollar deal, you'll probably see around fifty guaranteed, which is divide hundred by four, you get twenty five. That's two years, right? That's right. generally when you look at the Niners' big contracts, when you look at full guarantees, it's usually like two years worth. I wonder if Bosa is going to be like, hey, man, I mean, who knows? It's going to be a big I, – I don't see it getting contentious. Um, and another thing I don't really see is Bosa being willing to play out the season given that he has another year to maybe prove it and push back getting another contract where the dollar figures might be bigger when the cap spike is mm-hmm. a little bit more known. Does that make sense? Like, you know, he's, he, he can make $27 million this year or, or the next two years, or, you know, get, get a huge check just direct deposited immediately. Like I have a hard time right. believing that given his injury history, he's going to want to practice without a new deal. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think that's probably the case. Um, while we're here, Jimmy Garoppolo's existence has nothing to do with any of this. Should we That's... read should we read a disclaimer at the start of each episode just saying like Jimmy Garoppolo's status on the roster has nothing to do with these negotiations? It feels like it. I feel I like that's the that's the thing this offseason that I've well, gotten tweeted the most that like people don't understand. But right, and it's but it's it like it makes it makes sense. You hear like Jimmy Garoppolo carries a 26.95 million dollar cap no absolutely i get why so people when you, believe that but it's right it's just not true based right, on it's not how, how things works. actually work yeah correct so if that's if that's a question you have um like i said totally understandable question but that's just not the 49ers could do their debo and nick bosa extensions and keep jimmy on the roster all year you yeah. just that, that that's the cap That's figures that the cap figures that they're going to negotiate and how these contract it's more about what's happening in the future beyond 2022. Correct. And so Jimmy's contract, even if he is on the team, he's only on the team through 2022. They're not signing him to an extension. So all these negotiations are happening for contracts that are years beyond Garoppolo's years with the team. If they had traded him in March, we'd be having the same Debo and. Bosa conversations. I asked Kyle Shanahan today if um, butterfly effect and whatnot. Right. I asked Kyle Shanahan today if Jimmy Garoppolo would practice with the team if he was on the roster come training camp. And he said, yeah, I I can see that. And then our guy, John Middlecoff, followed up and he said, you wouldn't excuse his absence like this one. And then because they excuse Jimmy's absence because they don't think he's going to be on the team. And then Shanahan said, "Uh, I I haven't really thought that far ahead yet, you know, like leaving open that possibility, obviously. Like, so mm-hmm. if you're trying to trade Jimmy Garoppolo, you're going to say, 
yeah, Jimmy's part of us. We want him to compete for the starting quarterback job. Fully understanding that there's no way in hell Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be on this team in his mind, I would think. I mean, all signs are pointing to the 49ers having nothing to do with Jimmy Garoppolo come training camp. They want to trade him, but if they can't trade him or they don't trade him, I'm very fascinated to see if Kyle Shanahan is going to have the audacity to say trade or to do to say we plan on trading Jimmy we're moving forward with Trey and then be like oh well Jimmy's still here now we have to figure out how to divvy up reps whether Jimmy's getting all the second like I just think it's opening up a can of worms that Trey Lance certainly doesn't need that Kyle Shanahan probably doesn't need but you know the the fact that 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 he sort of backtracked off my answer when Middlecoff followed up was um was a little bit telling. Like, I, I just think Shanahan's going to treat this in a very similar way to Bill Belichick and Cam Newton last summer when he just decided to go with Mac Jones and just cut Cam Newton altogether, even mm-hmm. though Cam was a starter. Um, That's how I think Shanahan is approaching it in his mind. He's just not saying it now because he still needs right. to trade Jimmy and maintain trade leverage. Yep. And that makes sense. And the overarching point I wanted to make there was Jimmy being on the team doesn't doesn't have anything to do with the right. extensions for for Bosa and Diva. They can nego- yes, they can absolutely negotiate with those guys. Yes. Regardless of whether or not Jimmy's actually on the team. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Speaking of quarterbacks, let's talk about Trey Lance. Yeah. Pretty good day today. Yeah. You know, I mean, seven on seven red zone. There's no pass rush. Um, But he was pretty sharp. He threw, uh, he had a really nice, um, he threw a fade route in the left corner of the end zone to Juwan Jennings that placed it perfectly. Um, Took a lot, showed a lot of touch, nice tight spiral, like a good pass that, you know, the, the type of throw that we haven't seen Trey make really consistently or with any regularity since he got drafted. 
Um, he hit Brandon Ayuk along the right side of the end zone on a well-placed ball in a small window, but Ayuk kind of struggled with it and it bounced off his chest and was wrestled away by a cornerback whose name I have to read because I don't remember it. Kadar, Kadar Holman. Holman. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Kadar Holman. Um, and then uh, he had Juwan Jennings for like a short little out route uh, to the right side from the right slot. Um, I thought his best, he had two really good throws in full team drills. One was over the middle um, mm-hmm. to Tanner Hudson and mm. um, Hudson caught it with one hand. It was right over the linebacker's shoulder. Um, Hudson was uh, in front of a safety, I believe. And he just reached out with one hand, his left hand, and then caught it as he was going to the ground, but just like a really well-placed ball. Um, and he had one where he was on the run, rolling to his right and hit Ayuk. I want to say 15 to 20 yards downfield along the right sideline, like right up, um, you know, one of those toe tappers or toe draggers mm-hmm. um, along the far side of the field. That was a good throw. Just overall sharp. I didn't keep stats like I usually do. Usually I at least keep like c- completion percentage and attempts. And what are we but- doing here? Yeah, you know what? I apologize. <laughs> I really apologize. It's hard because you're like trying to have conversations Dude, with that, people and also like watch every single play to make sure you don't miss anything. Because if you miss well, a play, if you miss a couple plays, then it's like, all right, well, now my completion percentage is screwed up. Right. Um, people on Twitter are going to yell at me because someone else had some other completion rate, like whatever. Right. So that, that's one of the that's one of my favorite parts of like this time of year is everybody knows that the numbers are kind of like, eh, but I think they just give hard, like empirical data on like, how did this player look? Even though you can go 10 of 11 and seven on seven and not look great doing it. Yeah. But to me, it sounds like based on what you're describing, I was not in attendance. Um, I'm holding out. I. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered, you know, it sounds like it looked better than what's the word? He just looked more comfortable. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like improvement is the word I was looking for. It sounds like there was some some noticeable improvement yeah. between now and and you know previous practices or even last year. If you zoom but out, really, it doesn't matter until pads come on, like. True. That's going to be the big test. But if you zoom out and just look at the team from, you know, 10,000 feet, I think my takeaway after going to three, I think three, yeah, three offseason practices, like it is, it is Trey Lance's team or like Trey Lance is the quarterback of this team. Yeah. Would Traverius Ward called him QB1 today? Yeah. I mean, so that, that's, that's like really the overarching thing. It's like, this is a critical step in Trey Lance's evolution towards becoming the starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. And that's really like, if you want to dive into the minutia and like how good he looked and whatever, like it doesn't really matter how good, how good he looks right now in practice. All that matters is what it looks like week one and beyond. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the same in training camp because, you know, I've seen quarterbacks have great practices. I've seen quarterbacks have bad practices. One of the things I tell people about training camp that can be so misleading Best training camp I've seen from a 49ers quarterback since I started covering the team in 2013. Do you know, do you know who I'm going to say, or can you guess who I'm going to say? Was it, um, was it Brian Hoyer? It sure was. Brian Hoyer had the best training camp of any 49ers quarterback I've seen uh, in 2017. So 
I, I just want people to understand there's a dramatic difference between what happens on games and what happens on the practice field. Um, and obviously there's been a lot of quarterbacks since 2013. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like it, it, for Trey Lance, I thought he looked good. I think he looks more comfortable. Um, I was, we were at Matt Mayoko's event last week when Steve Young said something really interesting that, he thought Trey Lance was an elite processor and could process everything he needed to. The issue was the physical act of getting the ball out where he wants right. to get it when he wants to get it there. And it's just going to take some time because Trey's release and his overall fundamentals need work. And once he refines that, then I personally think the sky's the limit for him. I think he's going to be a very good quarterback based on how I, you know, watching him. Um, but he's got to do it. And it doesn't really matter if I think he's good on the practice field. He just needs to do it in games because we know like there are things in games where you're like, wow, there's, there's a lot of potential there. And there's other times where it's, you know, like, Oh, that's not a great throw. You kind of missed a guy high over the middle or, or are you throwing to Travis Benjamin in triple coverage? Things like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, I know the conversation is going to go and we're going to continue to have it. And when he has a huge day in training camp, we're going to talk about it. And when he has an awful day, we're going to talk about it. But that's really, that's, <laughs> it's because it matters. Like it might, like his, his performance this year matters as much as anything else, you know, for both short and long term. Um, Peter King wrote something interesting in his column, uh, the 22 most influential people in the 2022 NFL season. Did you read this? I did not. Thanks for All right, so me. yeah, way to go. Um, <laughs> what if I was just like I sent it to you, dude? A little show prep would be would be nice. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't say it was in a brand. It's fine. So <laughs> no, Trey, Trey Lance is number seventeen okay. on his list of the twenty-two most influential people. And the most the 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 thing that stuck out to me was he basically issued a warning to 49ers fans and was like. Here how here's how bad Peyton Manning was in his rookie year. So buckle up. Basically saying Trey Lance could be awesome, but it might be tough sledding in year one. I want to push back on that a little bit because Peyton Manning was drafted by a three and 13 Colts team that the year he got drafted, hired a new head coach. They went three and 13. He led the NFL in interceptions and pass attempts. Not only are the 49ers way better than that Colts team, that Peyton Manning was drafted to, but Trey Lance isn't going to have that, that opportunity. He was not, <laughs> I would bet my house. He's not going to lead the NFL in pass attempts. That's just not, that's just not going to happen. The opportunities aren't going to be there for him to make that many mistakes. Yeah. Are there going to be mistakes for sure? Is he going to have a multi-interception game or two or three? Like certain sure, sure, maybe, but I, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't think setting the bar that low is necessarily fair. And if he does, like if he does, this is my, my, my overarching point. If he does have the type of year, maybe he's not leading the league in interceptions and pass attempts, but where he throws that many picks and it's, you know, almost to a game and it looks that bad. I don't think the takeaway is going to be, well, Peyton Manning. Right. It's going to that would be a unmitigated disaster if he is that bad out of the gate, given that he's had a year to sit and given that he is on a loaded roster. 
Yeah, I think this is going to look more like like I equate at least going into it, like the situations that like Dak Prescott went into or Ben Roethlisberger went into. Um, right. Or even, you know, you could I guess you could even say maybe Russell Wilson in Seattle when he first became the starter in that. Like, first of all, Trey Lance is going to play opposite a really good defense. Right. Independent of anything happening on the offensive side of the ball, the Niners defense should be pretty good. Yep. Like it's been it's been good to elite for most of Kyle Shanahan's tenure, particularly when the in the years that they've contended over the last three years, for sure. Yeah. So. That's a huge plus. I think the 49ers are going to lead the NFL in rushing attempts or rush rate, whatever rushing bulk stat you want to use. Like, I think they're going to be the one of the heaviest running teams in the league. Like, and I don't think that's a stretch at all. And I think Trey Lance's legs will probably be a part of that. Um, also, he has all pros at receiver in Debo Samuel, presumably uh, tight end and left tackle. Not terrible, right? And you have Elijah Mitchell, who looks like a stud running back, and then Ty Davis Price, who I saw on the sideline today. And uh, I asked other reporters, two very prominent 49ers reporters. I'm not going to mention their names right now because. Um, Shout out Tracy were, Sandler. No, it wasn't Tracy. They were giving me oh. shit. They were like, you don't know who that is? Like completely giving me shit. And Niners PR chief Corey Rush is there and he's just laughing at him because they asked Corey the same thing. Like, who is that? And it was a guy running on the side of the field. And I was like, kind of looks like a linebacker, maybe like a you know, like an Alex Barrett size defensive end, like kind of a buff guy, but like it was Ty Davis price. It was a running back, the running back. They took in the third round. Like, and yeah, it was like a baggier shirt, but like, he is a big dude, like particularly in comparison to Elijah Mitchell. And I mean, I look, we don't need to relitigate the, the running back value. Was it a good pick or not? If you just look at the 49ers inability to make short yardage runs, I think you can really justify getting a back that you love in those situations. And I think Ty Davis price could be that guy. Like if you think about the NFC championship game, when they had to convert what a second and two or a third and one, whatever it was, and they gave it to Elijah Mitchell twice and then punted it back and then ended up giving up the lead on the, after Jaquaski tart, you know, they punted it back to Jaquaski mm-hmm. tart drops a pick. Then the Niners go on to lose. If they're if they had a big back, maybe a bigger back than Elijah Mitchell to get that first down there, the Niners might have gone to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And you see Ty Davis Price, and you look at him, and you're like, "Wow, this guy looks bigger than linebackers." You're like taken aback by his size. <laughs> I was taken aback by his size, but yeah. So the two writers I was with, they're like, "You don't know who that is? You cover this team?" I was like, "Yeah." They're... <laughs> And then Corey's like, don't listen to these dudes. These guys are clowns. And and they are. <laughs> they know who they are. I love them very much. Um, friends of the pod. <laughs> friends of the pod. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that was another random tidbit that just popped in my mind. I was like, Ty Davis Price is a large human. Good size. And, good size person. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Good to know. Another random takeaway. Juwan Jennings had a really good practice. Oh, and Juwan Jennings looks like he could be a very significant figure in the 49ers offense, potentially. It like, looked like that. So 
that's interesting because it looked like that at the end of last year. Yeah, absolutely. Just kind of in the back. I don't want to say the second half, but the final, like, I don't have the numbers in front of me, four or five games and into the playoffs. Well, he had two touchdowns in the week 18 game in LA. Yeah. And it just kind of, you kind of just expected like, oh, hey, it wouldn't be a surprise if Juwan Jennings came up with a play here. Like, if you remember what Kendrick Bourne was in 2019, I think Juwan Jennings' ceiling right now in this offense is significantly higher than that. Like, he's a bigger-bodied... Like, Kyle Shanahan said today that Juwan Jennings separates from coverage better than any of their other receivers. Wow. Which is high praise. 4740. Yeah, because, yeah, he runs a 4740. Brandon Ayuk was a first-round pick who's physically very gifted. And Debo Samuel was an all pro last year. Um, so like for Juwan Jennings to be their best quote unquote separator as a receiver mm-hmm. um, on top of what he provides as, as a blocker and just, you know, like that's how Kyle Shanahan first noticed him and wanted to give him playing time was the physicality he plays with him the way he can block. I mean, if the Niners are going to get production from another receiver this year, that could be huge for them. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm I'm buying the Juwan Jennings stock at the moment. And look, I know I just went on a little spiel about how you shouldn't overrate offseason or training camp practices. But like, I do think Juwan Jennings looks good to the point where it's going to where he could really be a contributor during the regular season. And that's a logical ascension. Like, yeah, if he made that jump this year, it wouldn't be outrageous considering the way he finished last year. And considering the way the Niners have been pretty good at churning out skill guys. Yeah. They've had a lot of good skill position players since Kyle Shanahan's been here. Well, and just the fact that Jennings last year, even when he wasn't productive, like you talk about that game against Jacksonville, he got a guy ejected because he was blocking him so hard. And it's like that guy. Surprised that would happen to an Urban Meyer team. That's just, it's shocking. The uh, OH, am I right? Um, <laughs> um, no, I just, I, he looks, this is so dumb. I feel so dumb when I say stuff like this, but <laughs> I'm going to let it rip. He just looks like an NFL player. He belongs on an NFL field. He's, he can do some stuff. <laughs> I mean, he's way bigger than the other receivers, like all of them. So he's, I think he's a perfect complement to what they have. Um, I think Kyle Shanahan knows exactly how to use him. And I like the idea of having a big body in like Juwan Jennings to complement like the Danny Gray and Ray Ray McLeod types who are more speed guys. Um, and you do different things, even though they're those guys are probably going to line up a lot in the slot too. Um, but even in the red zone, like Jennings had three touchdowns and like four reps. Jeez. You know, like he was just like owning Kadar Holman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Darquez Denard, I think it was. Um, oh, victimized Darquez. Yeah. So, yeah, but uh, uh, that was another observation. And and it, it's not just today. I think it goes back to the last couple of weeks to practice. It's like Jawan Jennings looks like a guy. Looks like a dude. It's going to be a dude. It's good news. <laughs> Updating my fantasy big board now. Just your dude big board. Yeah, just just top just fifty gotta dudes. Find, yeah, I gotta find your your favorite dudes in the league. This guy's being dudes. It is like football people do sometimes. I'm not calling myself a football person, but like when you're around football people and they talk about football, 
sometimes they boil it down to like who has more dudes. Like I've heard smart yeah. football people be like, yeah, they just have more dudes. And like, <laughs> I think it's a very legitimate, it, it's a very legitimate analysis. It's perfect. Cause you know exactly what it means. You know exactly what it means. Like George Kittle, Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, uh, Trent Williams. Those are dudes. Like the Niners have some dudes. Debo Samuel is a dude. Trey Lance might be a dude, you know, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like that's that we I get, it's it's it, super funny to make fun of the idea of being like, oh, yeah, they got dudes like it's such a dumb thing to say phonetically. But like when you have they're like there are football people who talk like that and it totally makes sense. Yeah. And we do we do this, you know, we do a podcast and we subscribe rate review Candlestick Chronicles. We do a podcast and, and you know, we write and we have to we have to talk about, you know, this team and that team and this advantage and that advantage and these matchups when a lot of the times it's just like this team has more good players than that team. Right. And that's, that's just more dudes, more dudes. I love it. Yeah. I mean, when you're trying to draft a good, you're trying to draft some dudes. (laughs) It's all you You want. (laughs) And in free agency, like if you're going to go out and spend, you want to spend on a dude or two, you know, (laughs) The funniest part is that everybody listening knows exactly like <laughs> is like that. Yeah, it's not a dude. Some he's guy, some comedian. guy is going to have this podcast on in the car with like his significant <laughs> other. And she's going to be like, you need to turn these fucking morons off. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll totally uh, understand it. <laughs> I can't wait to make that. In fact, I'm writing this down as we speak. Um I'm literally writing this down. I wish we were doing uh, video so you could see it, but um, that's going to be one of our pregame analysis pieces. Which team has more dudes? Just, this a, week? just a dude count. Just a- <laughs> <laughs> All right, week one, see. Justin Fields, dude or nah? <laughs> yeah, dude, dude or nah. All right, I like that. All dude, right, dude or nah? We'll, Somebody sponsor it. Yeah, we'll make that like a game show or something. Can't like, wait. We'll, we'll, with a guest. Like oh, we'll have that's on. perfect. We'll get like Danny Kelly on for the Seahawks and be like, Danny, Jamal Adams, dude or nah? <laughs> I'm going to go nah. <laughs> I don't think Jamal Adams, like Jamal oh, Adams right. is the, he lives on the border of dude and nah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. All right. Uh, with that's that, it. I think we I have nothing else. Okay. Um, subscribe, rate, review. Do all those and, things. Uh, we'll find out if there's going to be more OTAs next week. Big question. Either way, we're talking about it. And then we'll have some off-season content. Somebody somebody hit me up on Twitter and requested that when we do Old Rush episodes that we say ahead of time what game it's going to be. Okay. I think Old Rush is probably going to be a July thing. Yes. That'll a thousand percent be a July thing. That's the slowest time of the year and we're still going to turn out content. I'm going to tease this right now. Um, Our next game that we have to do is the 2012 divisional game against the saints easy big game and i'm efforting a guest for it that's all i'm gonna say oh a guest yeah i mean there i i got somebody i can hit on the hip for that one i think yeah that's the that's the guest i'm talking about okay we're gonna give that a shot see how it goes okay that'll be fun good sounds good i like that i think in july what we should do is a normal like conversation pod like early in the week and then an old rush late in the week we can talk about this off air. 
it, we could, but I want to. I want to <laughs> let the, the, the viewers, the listeners, in. You know, to our process. We're artists, after all. You guys produce the show. Let us know what you want. <laughs> all right. Subscribe, rate, review. We'll see you. See ya.